Science Unknown. If you're within the sound of my voice, you're listening to Welcome Home Podcast for the DBC. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us on episode seven of Welcome Home, a Disney Parks and Vacation Club podcast. I am Tom, and I am here with Trevor and Damon. Hey, guys. How are hey. you? Good, good, good. Uh, just, you know, on vacation at this very moment as you guys are hearing this. So. I, I feel like I've been talking to you guys already for two hours. I don't know. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and just so everybody knows here, this is going to be a little bit of a short episode. Uh, since I am on vacation, we are, uh, we're kind of doing an in-betweener here. So we are going to talk about some interesting topics. We're just going to keep it shorter than normal. We swear for real this time we're going to keep it short. <laughs> <laughs> I know we always say that, and then we end up with an hour and 40-minute episode, but we are going to keep it short this time. So anyway. Tom wants to get back to the parks. So. <laughs> That's right. I want to go back to the park. I can't, I can't be talking to you guys all day. So um, we have lots of great topics to talk about. Um, we're going to try to fit them all within a, about a 40-minute time period here. So uh, stay tuned with us here. We're going to talk about the 2016 theme park attendance report that just came out because it had some interesting things in it. Um, we're also going to talk some t- Toy Story Land updates because we haven't talked about that at all. We talked about Pandora a ton and barely about Toy Story Land at all. Uh, and also Star Wars Land a, a, a lot Not and no Toy Story. But um, there's also some rumors going on at, at uh, Hollywood Studios. Uh, the Great Movie Ride uh, rumor came back up again. We're going to talk about that. Also, a random new projection show debuted at Hollywood Studios that Disney told nobody about. So we're going to talk about that. And But before we do that, we're going to talk a little bit about DVC because we always like to bring you a DVC topic every week. And so this week, we're going to talk about booking your home resort um, and you know your home resort versus your not home resort, how that all works. So going to get a little bit into that. Anybody want to talk about that first? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, actually, so um, for those that don't know, um, when you when you buy into DVC, they ask you which which resort you want. So each contract has a home resort tied to it. Um, so you can actually have your home resort at multiple resorts, um, which is something to keep in mind. But so for your home resort, what that means is that um, the window for booking rooms opens up uh, as far as eleven months out, and then for those same rooms anybody who is not at your home resort they can they can book those uh, rooms seven months out so what that means is for a lot of resorts that are really popular if you want to have a few months lead time to to be able to book those where other people don't have a chance to then you want to have that as your home resort for sure um so i'm booked especially disneyland right trevor Oh yeah, actually, yeah. So yeah, Grand Californian, it's pretty much impossible to get in there without having it as your home resort because there's only like 45 rooms or something like that. Um, so once again, so I'm I'm got my home resort at the Poly, and so Damon, you're you're at Saratoga, uh, Saratoga, right? Which that's I'm trying to remember on the map. That's closer to Epcot, right? Oh, you're asking the wrong person. It's oh, okay. it's kind of a it's Disney Springs area, so you can right. you can get to Disney Springs really easily easily from there. So which is which is sort of kind of Epcot Hollywood Studios general area. Yes, I would consider that uh, uh, one of those resorts. Yeah. So so yeah, obviously the the uh, a lot of the resorts, um, the being able to book eleven months out, kind of you kind of have to look at how popular the resort is, I guess, when you're deciding that. So, well, and, and there's a lot of other things to decide too, right? I mean, each, yeah. each one has a different price per point, different dues. So, so we're going to try to keep this a little simple and just literally talk about the, the window itself, not anything else. Yeah. So, 
I, I guess, yeah, outside of the uh, um, booking 11 months out, um, I, I honestly don't know if there's any other benefits to having your home resort. <laughs> Monetary. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, excluding that. Um, I, I don't know. For me, it's funny. I don't really care. I don't think I ever book 11 months out, so it doesn't really matter to me. We have friends that we're going with next year that are looking at that window to book 11 months out at Animal Kingdom. That's where their home resort is. And again, we go with them. And every year we have stayed at the home resort. But honestly, for me, if I don't get the, you know, Animal Kingdom, it doesn't really matter to me. I guess I could probably book it now, though, couldn't I? I guess uh, I could. Probably. When are you? June. So I guess I'm 12 months out. I, I would need, they, they can probably book in another month and then I could book at mine if I wanted to 11 months out. But. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, it's never been a problem for me. I've never had that problem ever. That that you haven't gotten the resort you wanted. Yeah. So I, it doesn't like to me. It doesn't make a big difference. That, well, that's, now have you waitlisted stuff before, or you've just always been able to get it when you went? to Amazingly Park? enough, we talked about this last episode, right? I, I waitlisted Boardwalk this time. And what? How many months out was I, Tom? Yeah, you were like three, two. Yeah, like three months out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've never had a problem. It was going to happen. Is eventually it will catch up to me, and I'll be like, <laughs> "Oh man, I shoulda, coulda, woulda." But here's the Disney thing: Disney karma is going to catch up to you. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that I'm on the podcast, my karma level went way up with Disney, so I'm not too worried. But you know, does it matter if I stay at the same resort with the people that I'm going on vacation with? That's its own topic of discussion. But for me, what's closest to Animal Kingdom Lodge? I don't even know. I mean, Animal Kingdom. Uh, well, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. what other resort? What's oh, the next closest there, there's resort? There's nothing else near there, actually. It's yeah, just right? Animal there, Kingdom. Yeah. Animal Kingdom. So I don't know where I would stay if I had to stay with somebody else. I mean, Matt. Probably an Epcot area resort. I mean, yeah, that's the closest maybe. you're really going to get. But yeah. again, it doesn't. that doesn't concern me. But I, I think you guys are a little bit different. Well, I mean, for me, it's, you know, I'm, I'm flying from Canada. So I, I plan as far out ahead as I possibly can. So... Um, so like for this trip coming up in September, we booked that last October. And then I have, um, I have a trip being planned for May in 2018. And I actually booked that at the beginning of June. Because, Wait, so here's the thing. Where did you, where are you staying then? Uh, well, both of them are the Polly because, um, I, Polly is my home resort. So, um, I can, doesn't that can sound boring to you though or no? Hmm? Doesn't it sound boring to be at the same place twice when there's so many nice places to stay at? That's why this has always been less of an issue for me. I, I don't ever want to go back to back somewhere. Well, I, I guess my thing is, is uh, so to be fair, I haven't been to the Poly yet. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely excited to do that. I think um, because we've already booked 11 months out, it's definitely up for discussion. And when we get within the seven month window, um, my wife and I will be having a talk about, do we want to change where we're staying or do we want to stay with the poly? And I guess the thing about having that 11 month window is it gives you the advantage of you can, you can at least lock in a room at somewhere and you, you don't have to worry about like looking for a particular day and finding that there's nothing available across the board because you, I mean, is that possible if you're outside of holiday weekends? I mean, is it possible that that could possibly even happen? Um, probably not outside of holidays, but, but I guess that's really where it would matter. If I was, that, that's if the I was benefit. Yeah. At, yeah. If I was looking at like Christmas time or Easter, yeah. Having that 11 month window would definitely be of a benefit. Oh, for sure. And like you said, it's, it's a huge benefit because you can book that as your backup and now you can, you know, try to get wait lists if, if, if the resort you want to go to is not available or you can, you know, if it is available, then great. But either way, you, no matter what, you have a place to stay, right? So that's the, that's the comfort of it, of having that 11 months out. And, you know, uh, be, it's funny because I've, 
I've literally only stayed at my home resort once and I always stay elsewhere. And, uh, you know, I, I wait list if I, if I feel like, well, if there's nothing available, which often there isn't, uh, it is a challenge. You know, that is one of the things you hear DVC members kind of, their number one complaint is like nothing's available. And, you know, that's why they're building more DVC, right? So, <laughs> uh, cause they need more space for people and they need more, uh, more room, but it's, uh, it's one of the issues is, is sometimes things aren't available, especially, especially around the holidays and during the summer times, it can be a lot harder to get reservations, except if you're Damon, who seems to be able to get any reservation he wants. Yeah, that <laughs> seems like me. Okay, That's good. That I, I make a karma. few phone calls and I'm good. You grease a few palms. <laughs> I just, I, I, I feel like you're like bribing, uh, you know, cast members or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's funny. Like I said, never had a problem at all. Like, and that's why I never even thought about it. Like, it doesn't even come up because I was shocked when I had a wait list for a day this time. I was like, what do you mean there's no boardwalk? <laughs> Fine, wait list me. Oh, okay, I got it. No, well, right, I'm good. <laughs> at a place like Saratoga, though, there's so many places. Like Saratoga and Old Key West are both the, the by far the largest DVC resorts, so you yep. can like always get a room at those places. Yep. So I guess Damon. So how often do you stay at Star- Saratoga? Or once? Are you- okay, so you, you're like Tom, and that you just kind of pick at random where you want to stay each trip. Uh, yeah, and except that one time we did the. To stay, which again I'd never do again. Right, <laughs> your sampler, and, your sampler edition. And of anyone hotels. who does that is crazy. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> it's not crazy if you don't have kids. I, I will 100 percent give Tom you that. Is there right now. Yeah. <laughs> I've made the switch over already. It's gone. The, very the only well. good thing is, I guess you get to go like eat at different places a lot easier because you know you're not like, oh man, not that food again. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I just I like the idea of a change of scenery, I guess. I and you know, I have my resort bucket list is kind of what I was talking about, you know, is I have all these resorts that I want to check out. Um, you know, that are You just, have a lot of time. I do. Yeah, I mean, this he's not going anywhere. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope not, you know. <laughs> so um okay, great. So any other thing that you guys want to cover as part of this or do we want to move on to the next thing here? No, let's talk about my favorite place in the world. I mean, my second favorite place in the world. You Universal need to go start your own Universal podcast because uh, <laughs> none of that talk is allowed on here. <laughs> hey, listen, you start riding some roller coasters, you let me know. We'll we'll start stop talking about Universal then. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to hear when you get back, Tom. If, uh, yeah, if I mean, at least Space Mountain. I see like four-year-olds on Space Mountain. You Come know on. what? Yeah, you know, I do feel a little like, you know, like bad when I'm like waiting at the exit of of Everest and I see like five-year-olds coming off and like, that was the greatest time ever. And me as an adult standing there like, oh, I don't want to go on that. <laughs> that uh, but anyway, so there was an attendance report that came out that made some news. Uh, every year, uh, a theme park uh, publication, I believe it's the themed entertainment association. Uh, they put out a report of theme park attendance. And, and first of all, the parks don't release their actual attendance. So they're, they're basing it on outside information, uh, basing it on a lot of different things. So it's, it's not a hundred percent accurate, but it's usually pretty much in the ballpark of what's going on. And so what the report actually showed is that there was, uh, at, at 13 of Disney's 14 parks around the world, there was attendance, uh, you know, drops, uh, you know, most of them very slight, pretty small drops, um, at, you know, and truthfully the growth at universal too has been a lot higher, uh, before, but it, it was it was much lower this time too. Uh, so Universal Orlando was up 4.3 percent. Universal Hollywood was up 14 percent. Now that can be you know explained by Harry Potter being open, so that yeah, you know makes sense. Likely. It's actually kind of surprising it wasn't more than 14 percent. You know, <laughs> but. 
but uh, you know, there's some interesting things in here, and and kind of my opinion on it. I'll give my opinion. I'll let you guys talk about it really quickly here. But um, you know, it, this is kind of in my mind, Disney. Disney strategy worked. This is what they were trying to do. So, you know, a lot of the things with ticket prices are supply and demand. You know, it's not always about just being greedy and wanting to make more money. It's a lot of it is supply and demand. And, you know, Disney had a lot of issues at Disneyland, especially. And I don't know if Trevor, you can speak to this, but where with overcrowding um, and they were having that issue as well at Disney World. Uh, and so they were trying to moderate some of the crowds. And that's why you saw them introduce seasonal pricing. Now, you could probably argue that maybe it worked a little bit too well. I don't know. But it seems like it was kind of their plan to do this uh to kind of moderate crowds a little bit and bring them down and i'm sure part of it too is the fact that you know half of uh, hollywood studios is kind of you know it's the half day park for real now where there's very few things uh there that are left because so much construction um but but that's just my thought on it i i don't think it's that big of a deal because honestly i I really think that once once everything else opens it's going to skyrocket again anyway but but i think the big part of this is that you know the higher prices you know, have led to more profit where I think a lot of people find mm-hmm. that as an issue. But, you know, I, I always answer to the people that complain about the prices of Disney to let's say we drop the tickets to five dollars a day. OK, mm-hmm. what happens then? You can't get in the park. So yeah. either you can save and yes, it's a little expensive and you go to the park or you can drop the prices down where you're not going to be able to get into the park. And it's a balancing act. And, and I, like I said, I've always said that I'm OK with the pricing of Disney, it is expensive, but it is a special sort of trip, right? And the three of us go every year. Yeah, okay, you know, maybe we're out of the ordinary. But in general, if the prices came down too much, you wouldn't even be able to touch it. You wouldn't even be able to get on a ride. Well, and so, yeah, Florida for sure would have that problem. Um, it's already there in Disneyland because, um, so what I saw in Disneyland is that the um, they introduced uh, a payment plan for annual passes. So before it used to be, you had to pay for the annual passes up front, and then they opened it up that people could do it on a monthly payment. And the amount of local people that started going to Disneyland went through the roof. And so again, that's where the them adjusting prices and making it a little bit higher is kind of pushing some of those people away because um, Disney World doesn't have that as much because it's really sectioned off from from the rest of the metropolitan area, where Disneyland is literally dropped right in the middle of Anaheim. It it does make a huge difference, and they don't want the place reaching capacity every day because it's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> so it's negative yeah. guest experience, and yeah. that's 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 the big thing here is a lot of the strategy around changing the prices to seasonal was to affect guest behavior. It was to get to spread the crowd out throughout the year. Um, now, but like I said, I, I think there's some other factors too. It, uh, you know, tourism in general in, in Florida was down by quite a bit. So that's, that's definitely part of it. And, and that's part of why you don't see universal's growth as much, but um, you know, cause they've been growing obviously, but they, they also have a lot more room to grow. I, I have a tendency to believe that Disney is, you know, you've heard uh, Iger come out and say that uh, they're, they're running every month basically at 90 plus percent capacity at their resorts. So it's almost like they're already like, there's not even room for growth at Disney until they build more things, build more hotels, build more places, you know, and, and for universal, they, they're, numbers were so low then they put in harry potter and they blow up so it's like 50 percent growth but yeah when you're coming from universal is that the the actual physical space right so every time they put something new in they have to take something out where disney you know has the ability because of the amount of land very smart that they have you know at least they're able to do things without shutting stuff down so i i still consider the universal growth not 
bad considering that, again, they're at some sort of finite square footage in general. It's, it's yeah. good and bad. You know my feeling about liking everything to stay where it was. We were just looking. Um, I, I had forgotten there was a Back to the Future ride. We were talking about Jaws at Universal, and I forgot there was a Back to the Future ride as we were watching Back to the Future 3, one of the television, one of the movies <laughs> that I can never not watch if it's on TV. Um, even the third one? <laughs> even, even the third They're one. Good. They're yeah, all they, good. I mean, they're all good. You're right. I, we, um, I, I celebrate the trilogy myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I think that part of you know, them still having growth when you're at you know, the specific square footage is not a bad thing either. Yeah. But and I, I mean, uh, I, I guess the way I look at it, too, is, you know, th- this also comes into um, – if Disney's attendance is dropping, that that is a competitive thing too. Is that if if their attendance is dropping and and or la, um, Universal's is going up, um, that's a, that's also incentive for Disney to start investing back into you know new attractions and whatnot. And I mean, I know we're seeing that coming anyway with Toy Story Land and Star Wars and all that. But I I honestly think that uh, that park attendance going down is kind of a good thing overall so and as long as profits stay up i I don't think disney's going to be complaining no and and that's the thing so at at the end of the day like disney got stagnant for years right they just kind of were riding like resting on their laurels like you know like we got all this great stuff we don't have to add anything and then you know universal comes along adds harry potter and then all of a sudden they start making investments into their new rides and new lands and things like that and so that kind of you know it's it's a good thing to have that kind of competition going on and actually you know in the very after you know the um, after the Eisner years, uh, they you know where he saw them as very competitive. They you know Disney actually I think is kind of okay with Universal doing a good job there because, and actually I think I heard the the CEO of of Universal or someone from the parks uh, say one time he's like listen we know we're not gonna completely take away from Disney we just want a piece. Like, we just want a day or two. You know, we want you to come here for a couple days. Like, we know we're never going to completely beat them, right? So that's kind of kind of what, an interesting thought, I, I think. Well, I think it's also interesting that they've now invested some money back in uh, a water park as well, uh, Universal, that is, with the Volcano Bay or whatever that is. I'm actually kind of excited to see that when I go back. Yeah, and there's actually there's a good conversation to be had about um, – about that too, uh, even though this is you know a Disney podcast, we can definitely talk about that um, at some point. Uh, we don't have time to talk about it today. It's a long topic, right? So, <laughs> and you know, especially since Universal kind of debuted their kind of version of of Magic Bands, a little bit differently. They're doing things differently there, but uh, you know, it, they're they're kind of following that model too. But I, I do find it interesting though, even with all of the growth at at uh, Universal Studios, which I believe I think I read that they are up eighty percent over the past like ten years or something like that, which is huge growth right it definitely has put disney on notice for sure which is good yeah which is good and it yeah. it, it, it makes them want to grow more right it make them more spend spend more money the interesting thing i find about it even with all the growth at uh, at universal and and maybe it's just that they were this far behind but even with all the growth at universal there's still less visitors to universal orlando than there were to hollywood studios which is a shell of itself as we all know right now but you have to remember a few things I think play into that, right? So the the first part about it is is that if you're going to Florida and you only have a chance to do one or the money to only do one, right? So you're coming from overseas, you're coming from out of country, or this is your once every five year trip. You're gonna go where there's more stuff to do unless you're a huge Harry Potter fan, right? I love Universal and if you said I only had one shot to go to one place, I'm still going to Disney, right? Because there's more yeah. to do there. 
Um, you know, we went through Universal with our special, you know, stay at the hotel passes, which again are the best thing ever. Um, in comparison to Fast Pass, and we were literally <laughs> done in three days, right? Like, I mean, there was no ifs, ands, or buts. We were done in three days. So if I had a week to go somewhere, yeah, I'm gonna go to Disney over Universal. And again, a lot of it has to do with the square footage of the park. Like those parks are not huge, which is why they do a lot of those virtual rides, like the new King Kong. You know, interesting ride, but a lot of screens, a lot of, you know, Transformer, you know, the same things, a lot of screens, because they're just limited on the square footage. I'm not going to lie. I watched a video of that ride because there was so much hype for it. And I thought through the video, the King Kong one. Yeah. And I thought, and maybe just because I wasn't on the ride, but I was like, this looks really lame. It it was was pretty lame. Um, In in comparison to what they had as the first King Kong ride, which used to break down all the time. Which was phenomenal. Yeah, right? I remember that. God, that <laughs> I do too. Great. I remember that too. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a bunch of screens. I mean, you know, take me to see Spider Man, Transformer, King Kong. They're all the same ride, and I think a lot of that has to do with square footage. There's going to be a new Fast and Furious ride. It's going to be the same thing, probably the Jimmy Fallon ride. Same thing, but in a better. It was done better, but the same thing, right? Like because they just need to stick to this, you know. You see Route 4, right? Like, you're, there's nowhere else for them to go. Like, they can't build more. They're cornered <laughs> in. Unless they did something where, you know, they build had... a tunnel and, underneath and... Yeah, something like that. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, just to wrap this talk up a little bit uh, so we can move on to other things. Um, you know, obviously, it was a little bit of a down year for Disney. But like I said, I, I think that was part of... Kind of part of their plan. And also, you know, a lot of it has to do with construction. But a lot of it, too, has to do with Disneyland's numbers were inflated in 2015, right? Because of all the celebrations they were doing there. So, yeah. of course, that that makes it look like there was... I mean, there were just more people that went to Disneyland in 2015 than 2016 because of those things, right? So that makes it look a little worse. Um, it, tourism in general is down. Uh, you know, if you look at like Disneyland Paris, for example, like that is down. A lot of people, tourism's down there because of terrorism concern and th- concerns and things like that. Um, you know, but, and then, like I said, tourism in general in Orlando was down overall. So I, I don't think it's terrible numbers. I mean, it's, it's very small drops for Disney and it's probably within the margin of error of their little study too. So it might've just been flat, you know, who knows? Um, but you know, the thing is here, coming up star wars lands coming up toy story land is coming up and it's a good uh you know move into toy story land but you know toy story land is rumored to be opening in 2018 so that's going to increase attendance at hollywood studios even just that by itself did did they have a seasonal uh opening time yet they usually open in spring right isn't that usually the plan I think they just open it whatever they can open it, right? So, <laughs> but, um, I mean, but yeah, you're right. They open Pandora in, you know, in spring, and um, you know, they haven't said yet. They're going to announce it at D23. Wait, so, so Trevor, when is your trip planned in 2018? Uh, May. What so if you're a week before they open? Yeah, probably. Will you change? <laughs> Will you change it or not? No, we we can't, unfortunately. Um, uh, again, we're we're we are kind of limited on when we can go, so. Yeah, it had to be the the week that we planned on. <laughs> gotcha. I'm yeah. not super excited about Toy Story Land anyway. One That's, of my favorite yeah. rides of all time, um, but not excited about the land. Slinky's like a Tom coaster, so like that doesn't interest <laughs> me at all. It is like a Tom it's, coaster. I agree. It's um, the Barnstormer, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. It, it, <laughs> well, so what I was going to say though too. So you know, the attendance is going to change before we get into this whole Toy Story conversation. Um, you know, with Toy Story possibly opening next year, and then 
Star Wars after that at Hollywood Studios, attendance at that park is going to explode, right? I mean, that's gonna, it's going to be the highest attendance it probably ever had. It's probably going to jump Animal Kingdom and Epcot you know, with, yeah. with Star Wars. Yeah, think um, about Pandora and multiply it. <laughs> yeah, that's the scary thing, right? If we've had those kind of lines for Pandora, what is it going to be for like Star Wars? I, mean, I might not even go to Star Wars for two years just to avoid that craziness. Mm, I mean, I have this whole thing where I got to be... I've not missed um, an opening, been in the month of an opening of anything, really, you know, in, in the past few years. Like, so we went to the openings of Harry Potter, we'll be at the opening Pandora. I, I got to be within at least a two-month window of something new opening of a land. Maybe not a ride, per se, but if you're opening a land, I got to be there, so... So you just I, walk inside and turn around and walk out. I mean, maybe I'll get on one ride. I don't know, but like, I can't miss the opening of Star Wars. Like, that would be crazy talk. Like, I gotta be there. It's fair enough. Yeah. Well, and and so that's the thing. So you have those two things that are happening, and then Pandora this year is obviously going to jack up the attendance at Animal Kingdom, right? So that's going to end up being, you know, maybe even past Epcot. It's possible. And then they're going to overhaul Epcot whenever that's going to be done. So then that's going to be like, I mean, the attendance is is going to grow. It's not like it's a dire thing, and it does also seem like there's maybe some expansion stuff that's been talked about at Magic Kingdom too, like expanding Frontierland or expanding uh, Adventureland. Mm-hmm. But that's leave that stuff alone. Well, mm-hmm. not closing anything, though, like adding things, Damon. I know you don't like closing, so they're like talking closing. about adding more. So I don't trust them. I don't know. I don't you don't trust them? them that they've been so well, successful with other things. No, I don't trust them that they wouldn't close something. They'll close something that – they'll close Swiss Family Robinson and I'll have to go on strike. You would go on strike for that? No, I hate that thing, but I <laughs> – Yeah, that's – yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, That was I, under I, refurbishment I, for like two years and no one noticed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but everyone I'm, noticed because you're going to get your Dole Whip. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember that thing. Oh, yeah. Like, you yeah what's, all, what's all the tarps up there? Yeah. <laughs> That's where you walk around and eat your Dole Whip, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right? There's too many stairs. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> but um, so you're not, you're, you guys are not excited about Toy Story Land. Is that – I mean – No, I'm not. Unless, I, unless you're telling me that there's a second um, uh, Toy Story ride, right, the Mid- Midway Mania, right? Give me a second one of those like they did with Dumbo, right? I'm good with that. Other than that, the Slinky Coaster is stupid. It's just I'm I'm just gonna come out and say it's stupid. It, it's they've already have that ride. It's called the Barnstormer, like Trevor said. For adults, it's a waste. I, I don't know anything about this alien trackless ride. So, so someone key me in here. Okay, no one knows I, anything about it. <laughs> I, I think I know how it's going to turn out um, because the next closest thing I can see to it is oh in, the the Cars Land. Yeah, in, in Lu- yeah Luigi's. I can't remember what they renamed it to, but basically they, they had this. They had this terrible ride in there before where, where it was like you're basically on like a giant air table with these inflatable car things and it wasn't really fun. Okay. And then they, they yanked it out and they put in the uh, Luigi's Rollicking Roadsters is what it's called now. Okay. And so the thing about that is it's it's kind of um, – it's almost like – Is it like bumper cars? No. Uh, well, it, it's the exact opposite of bumper cars because they're designed not to touch each other. Okay. <laughs> so they must do like a dance. There, it's like yeah. trackless, like it's trackless vehicles. Yeah. So, so they all they wait. Have do you, like a do you actually drive them though? No. Or no. No. You just sit in there, but it, but they sounds they, really they're not boring. on a track, but they move around each other and they know where each other are, and they they spin around and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that was that was fun. That was legitimately fun. Um, it kind of along the same lines as like getting on the teacups. Like, it's not. Don't expect it to be like a like a tier one type See, attraction, but it's but, what, but it was tier enjoy. one though, wasn't it? Which the Luigi one? No, um, no, that was the one next to Radiator Springs Racers that was 
that was the prime one. This sure. this was um, the Luigi one was like a, it was supposed to be just that. It was just a, like a mm-hmm. something for the kids, something like the teacups that you go on while you're waiting for the other big rides. So, man, I don't know. I I, I am not super excited about this Toy Story Land. Well, can it, let's frame it this way though. Maybe it's they're they're building Star Wars Land as a little bit more of an adult area, and maybe this is just a kids area. You know, I mean, yeah. what was before? No, there should be no such thing. <laughs> what, family what was, areas only what was there before though uh, yeah but with the, i mean that was there before was the honey i shrunk the kid like you know the playground, the playground thing yeah that wasn't for adults right Why, and that's going away though hurts my but feelings already gone yeah <laughs> um but you know so that's i i almost think that they're kind of just building a little like kid area for you know but do, and, if, but, do you think the barnstormer is a waste no, I, I've been on the no. Barnstormer. I actually, the Barnstormer is a little more intense than Tom. some other yeah. things. Yeah, I'm not allowed to talk to Tom about roller coasters. <laughs> I've been on the Barnstormer. I can barely fit on it, but I've gone on it. <laughs> yeah, the Barnstormer to me is just like, it's a waste of space, especially if you're going to do something like this. Actually, I find that whole area over there a waste of just time in general. So the circus area. So you'd be okay with uh, them removing that whole thing and, and putting some other stuff in? Yeah, give me Rock and Roller Coaster Part Two. That would be fine. Here's here's a, here's a completely baseless rumor that I'm just making up right now. Right, so they're doing a live action Dumbo movie. Maybe they redo that whole area when the live action Dumbo movie comes out. Mm, I I wouldn't be that thrilled with it because I'm. I, I guess my problem is I'm not a fan of Dumbo to begin with. The same with as me either. But wait, not a fan of Dumbo like, like the sh- the the movie? Uh, no, I, it's never been one of my go tos. I just okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch Pinocchio before I'll watch Dumbo. So, and, and it's interesting because Dumbo has now the, the whole reason they opened that area was for the second Dumbo ride. In in reality, I feel like Dumbo is like Small World though, where it's like one of those rides you just have to ride because you have to. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> it's well, not I, like the most thrilling ride. Th- isn't there this new thing now with Dumbo that you can like get a ticket and come back or something, or get a time and come back? They've got yeah. a waiting area, so basically you you kind of queue up, or you go into the you you get in line in their virtual queue, and then you've got like a little play area for the kids, and then when you're ready, they call you back with like a like a, like those buzzer things that yeah. you get. It's a like restaurant, a restaurant right? page. Did, or, yeah. This discussion yeah. went sideways real quick. All it right, did, back yeah. to Toy but, Story. But anyway, back <laughs> yeah. to Toy Story. Yeah. So <laughs> so the reason we're talking about this is because there, I mean, there's no breaking news with this, and truthfully, Disney's been pretty quiet. Um, honestly, about this land. They haven't talked a lot about it. Uh, it, it I, I would expect that to change at D23. So I, the know. Slinky roller coaster, though, like, what are we, are we expecting something kind of like the Dwarf Mine Ride where, you know, like how the things went side to side, that this is going to be a slinky where it's kind of going to go back and forth as oh. it goes over the track? Or do we expect this just to be like the Barnstorm or a normal roller coaster theme? I, I that's the that's the thing. The initial like yeah. pictures they showed showed you sitting inside the Slinky Dog, right? Uh-huh. But I, I have no idea if that's actually happening or not. Uh, so. Well, yeah, like, is that just theming or is that, like, ride? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is yeah. it going to compress and contract like a slinky? Uh, it might be cool to do once, maybe. I, I, I will say, though, I'm just looking at the coaster track because so why this was news is they, they've put all the coaster track in. It mm-hmm. does look much more significant than the Barnstormer. Like, the Barnstormer is done is it in, like, like Is it a seconds. circle? Yeah. Is, is yeah. the track a circle, like you feel like you're going to be in the middle of it, or is the track just still, uh, you know, the cars on top sort of thing? Uh, I it's feeling a standard like... steel coaster track, so so the track layout itself isn't any different. It doesn't, um, like, but... come up further on the sides or no. anything? Okay. No, it, do- it doesn't look like a 4D coaster or anything like okay. that. Gotcha. Yeah, um, 
the but yeah the uh, tom's right though when you look at the layout of it it actually does travel a good amount of the land so you're gonna actually <laughs> like it's not like it's shoved off in a corner kind of like the barnstormer where it has its own thing it's actually gonna go um around other attractions and whatnot so yeah, and it's kind of going to be like integrated almost into the land. Like uh, the initial uh, like art that they put out, it was supposed to go underground at one point, like under a walkway, and like. But it, yeah. it's 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 a pretty. The track is decently long, and it does look like there is an inside portion of it somewhere here, or that might just be the train station, uh, the the actual station. But it's a pretty significantly long, uh, you looks know, ride. Boring. Looks like. I don't know. It doesn't look boring to me. I actually think it looks kind of cool. It just depends on what they do around it. I don't know what kind of theming is going to be around it. I don't know like what kind of. <sighs> they've been very quiet about it. So. Yeah, it, and I. I it does look think, big, though. You're right. It does. I, I it, think it, after, it looks good, um, right? Oh, it doesn't. I said it looks big. I didn't say good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I I don't know. In my mind, I think it looks. It, I mean, it's it's definitely on a grander scale than the Barnstormer. You you can definitely say that. Yeah. And, and like I said, you know, we really, you got to wait for D23 to, to know a lot of this information, right? So that's true. Um, I, I know that they, uh, it, it, I guess it's weird is that they, they've been so quiet about everything about this land, yet Star Wars we've heard so much about. It, it's kind of weird because... It is. Yeah, I, I don't really know what to make of it. But also, I guess, too, is that Toy Story is not, it doesn't have the same weight behind it that that star wars does right it's not it has it, it does have a lot more weight than than i would have thought though i mean yeah not star it, wars weight i'll give you that but yeah i i it's i mean very few things have star wars weight right i mean I, I, could you argue that star wars is even i mean they're it's definitely bigger than it, harry potter even is right apples and oh oranges. yeah <laughs> yeah that's true and i yeah. mean but toy story i mean it's it is a classic you know franchise but you know like what do you do with that i think when they built toy story midway mania they they use that intellectual property well like, there's going to be right? toy story 4 right that's the whole point of this toy story land yeah that's that's part of it too and and i i like the idea of what they're saying where you're you know the whole idea behind this is that you're going to be shrunk down to the size of a toy and you're going to be in andy's backyard right so that's kind of the idea behind what the land is 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 all about uh but you know i don't know i think the roller coaster looks pretty cool i think it looks like it's going to be spanned pretty far but it is kind of weird we really haven't heard anything about it and i also think it's kind of weird just looking at this picture i don't really see a lift hill in this picture do you could be uh, I did, yeah. Is it is it that straight spot right by the you know the the crane there? We'll put these pictures. Out. We'll put the links out for this. But it's I don't know. It just it seems a little weird. I, I I don't know. And also, where is it connecting back to the station? If that is the station off to the right, how's it going to get there? Like so, it looks like it's going to go even further through the land, right? Mm, maybe. Or does it come right back? I don't know. So I don't know. It's I, I, there's a, I, I'm excited for, D, it's for DVC, huh, for D23 to find out more about this and to maybe find out a little bit more about what the other ride's going to be about, too. So Yeah. So anyway, um, so and also, uh, just so you guys know, too, and, and you know this was on the list, too, they are changing the entrance for Toy Story Midway Mania. Now, I don't know what they're going to put. I, what, what in the world are they going to put where the old entrance was? I don't know, but uh, you know they're moving that to Toy Story Land, so you'll be able to enter that from Toy Story Land. And kind of the entrance for Toy Story Land, if you can visualize in your head, if you know Disney, to the right of Toy Story Midway Mania, there was kind of like that big corridor there. You guys know what I'm talking about? Uh, so yeah, it's like going just, off of 
yeah. like 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay, Trevor. Kind of, we, yeah. yeah. So there's, what do you mean, where the, they parked all the strollers? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. where the entrance is going to be. It's over there. So they're going to re- they're redoing that area right now to build the entrance for it. I- I'm hoping that that means the return of uh, of Mr. Potato Head, the uh, the really cool animatronic they used to have in the line that for whatever mm. reason has been gone for a while. I'm hoping broken all the time. Yeah, I- I'm hoping they'll put that back in when they move the entrance. But who knows, right? So, I mean, I still think this is going to be a good addition. I'm I'm excited for it, you know. It- but it is getting a lot less play than, and maybe after D23, we'll all get more excited about it, right? No. <laughs> Never. Um, I, I just love seeing everything that comes out of D23 anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Because there's going to be a lot of details about Star Wars, too. I, I think I saw it's going to have its own pavilion, too. So, yeah. A um, couple other things that are going on at Hollywood Studios, actually. All this stuff is going to Hollywood Studios, probably to fill the gap of all the construction that's going on. Um, the music of Pixar Live has debuted. It is a full orchestra playing Pixar music along with characters. It's playing in the Beauty and the Beast Theater, like kind of in the evenings. It's only got three or four shows every night. It's gotten fantastic reviews. I don't know if you guys have read anything about it, but it's basically an orchestra <laughs> playing Pixar music. and there's You characters. know how I feel about this stuff. You don't like the shows or anything like that? The nighttime shows, or is this a regular show? No, this, this is this an is, evening show. <laughs> this is yeah. this is a yeah an orchestra like a sit down and listen to them in an amphitheater. What, what, well, Tom said evening though. What what, what does that mean? Like there's a five thirty show. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Good enough. Yeah, this is before maybe. your bedtime. You're yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, this isn't the, this isn't the nighttime projection show. This is okay. No, this is something else. And so, my question about it is: it's getting great reviews. I'm wondering, do do you think that they, even though Beauty and the Beast just came out and was a big hit and all that stuff, is do you think that they could eventually replace Beauty and the Beast with this, freshen things up, or is it? I don't know. Just a, it seems mm-hmm. like it's just a temporary thing for the summer to like a stopgap, but. It's been very popular. They're yeah, they're, that, asked, they're telling people to show up an hour ahead of time to get to get in. That Beauty and the Beast show too is it's been around a long, long time. So, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that that's a good point. Is yeah, maybe the, maybe they're just kind of feeling out the waters for what else they could fit in there. But having a live orchestra do more than you know two shows a day, I think. Uh, I I don't know if I could see them doing that long term because it's I mean I know that there's a lot that goes into the stage productions and everything but um live orchestra is even harder to get people around for like it, or to get like to get the cast members onboarded for it and everything like you basically have to have like two or three orchestras running uh running yeah. side by side, right? It's probably so, really expensive to do yeah. too. You're paying a lot of people to do the show, right? So Yeah. There's also that too. So, um really quickly, uh just running last thing here we're going to talk about really quickly is um the new nighttime projection show. Uh so Disney randomly decided to premiere a new projection show at at, at uh, Hollywood Studios. No, didn't tell anybody. Uh, just kind of, it, it's not even any marketing or anything like that. It, you can compare it to, um, is it called Once Upon a Time now? It's I believe at yeah. uh, at at Magic Kingdom. It's a projection show, yeah, straight projection. It's the pre-show. Yeah. Although now it's the post-show at Magic Kingdom. Um, <laughs> so it's after happily ever after there. But this one, it's before Star Wars. Um, so yeah, just a, it's kind of weird, right? <laughs> so, well, I guess Damon. You probably don't have anything to say about this. I have because... nothing to say. That's <laughs> yeah, my bad time. Right? <laughs> Damon, you could just leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it from here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I guess nothing, not everything needs to have a big announcement around it, right? Like, 
I don't know. It, it uh, like I, I think it's great that they're again they're just kind of throwing stuff out there. But I think everybody's used to uh, to you know having like lead time like with wishes and stuff, knowing when it's going to end and all that. I don't think they need to 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 do advertise that with every it, show, right? Yeah. yeah. I almost I almost wondered too if it was just kind of like a, a way for them to calibrate their projectors and make sure everything's good for the Star Wars show, <laughs> you know? Right? Yeah, and, that's true. And, and it was probably super cheap for them to throw together. They just, you know, threw it together. Although it got great reviews. A lot of people were saying it's really good. So um, it's kind of been compared to the end scene of the great movie ride where they're showing a bunch of movie clips. But, of course, it's all Disney properties that are they're showing. So I'm going to check it out when I'm there. I mean, might as well, right? So, um, so okay, well, that's all we have time for today. Um, we're going to wrap everything up. Uh, Damon, do you want to wrap us up? Sure, I can definitely wrap us up. So, let's see. If you want to get in touch with us via email, you can find us at welcomehomepodcast at gmail.com. We do have a website which has some information about the podcast and links to some of the podcasts at www.welcomehomepodcast.com. Again, we're always looking for questions from some of our listeners for the next podcast, future podcasts, and you may actually get mentioned on the podcast. So, Usually you can email them to us or you can send them to us on Facebook. We will actually be having some more interaction via Facebook as well. You can find us at Facebook at Welcome Home Podcast, on Twitter at Welcome Home Pod, and on Instagram at Welcome Home Picks. If you find us via iTunes, or even if you don't, we'd like you to go to iTunes and give us some reviews. That would be helpful for us as we could get out there and get a bigger audience. And I'll hand it off to Tom for our closing. Yes, thank you very much. Um, so thank you guys all for listening. We really, really appreciate everybody. Again, we just can't believe how many people listen to this thing and comment and tell us all about it. And we really, really appreciate all the feedback. And still no negative uh, negative comments. So, And if you're going to give us a negative comment, please email that to us. Don't give us a negative review in iTunes. <laughs> we would appreciate that. So, um, Don't forget to subscribe to Welcome Home Podcast so you can be reminded every time we release a new episode. Uh, you know That way, as soon as we put one out, it just pops up for you, downloads automatically, and you can have... Have us ready to go right there on your phone. Uh, you can find out you find our podcast uh, on iTunes, uh, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, any app that can get podcasts. You can find us. I listen to us on uh, on Podcast Addict on uh, on Android. You can listen to us just about anywhere. So, uh, and just a reminder to our listeners: Welcome Home Podcast is for entertainment only. We are not employed by the Walt Disney Company, and as such, any opinions we express on this show are our own. So please consult your DVD representative or a cast member or call DVC for more information or to verify anything we said on the show today. So you can find me on princecharmingvacations.com for all your uh, Disney vacation planning needs. And Damon? You can find me at BSC Kids for all your Disney entertainment needs. Great. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We really, really appreciate you listening to the show. Join us next time for more Disney Parks discussion. Uh, We're also on the next show going to talk about my vacation. We're going to break all this down and talk about all the things that I saw and all the things that I did. So tune in for that next time. Uh, We really appreciate you listening. Hope to see you all real soon. This is Skipper Albert Awal, the voice of the jungle, signing off from Welcome Home Podcast on the DVC. Do a huddle when we hit a chair. How she can cuddle is no man's affair. I looked around from pole to pole, found her in a sugar bowl.